This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, so we will continue on this Sunday morning family life class on the topic of dealing with death. And for my piece of this, um, it is death, enemy of God. And, I, and again, I hope that over these past teachings, again, starting off with Minister Castile, when she uh, started talking about the origin of death and, and on to the things that I'm talking about now, I hope that you really understand how important it is to have these things down in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. Because, let me tell you, we all have this in common with the deal with death. In other words, deal with death personally, because it's appointed man to die and then come to judgment. But then we all have someone, a loved one, a family member that has passed away. And how to be able to handle those things when, when it does happen. Because it's real. That's one thing about death. It's real. And, and when it hits, it hits home. And it can tear you apart if you don't have foundation, doctrine, uh, scriptures, or doctrine in your heart about death. And so that's why my objective here is examine death and how, as believers, we have victory over death through Jesus Christ. I mean, I think that is a powerful, powerful statement our victory we have in Jesus Christ over death. You know, I'm going to tell you, it's good to be in the kingdom of God. It's good to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Because I have victory in Him. Not in myself, but it's in Him that I move. It's in Him that I live. It's in Him, Him being Christ, that I have my very, very, very existence and I have victory over death. And so when we began this teaching, we talked about, hey, let's start talking about life. And I never want to never move away from this. And hopefully we'll talk more about life today is understand that God is the source of all life. God is. He is the source of all life. And he breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. And, and we talked about that in Genesis, how that shows that man is a spirit, soul, and a body. That's what man's makeup is, a spirit, soul, and body. But the key thing to me is God provided life. He's the source of all life. Without God, you don't have a life. You think about that. Without God, you don't have a life. You know, we're so focused on what happens when you know, we die, but without God, you don't have life. So let's make sure we stay in life when it comes to God. Focus on Him. He should be our purpose and our, and our desire and our ambition all the days of our life. Because He's the one that's given us life. Why is that so important? Never think that you're an accident. What I mean by accident, never think that you, you're, you, you're before your time or you got here by accident or whatever happened, the situation between your parents and, and your father, your mother, how you was born. Yeah, you was right on time when it came to God. You've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. So that means be here and be accountable for Because God has given you life. He's the source of all life. Alright, so then we talk about what happens at death. And, and again, talking about spirit, man, and spirit, soul, and body. Well, at death, the physical body or this natural body stops functioning. It returns to the dust of the ground. But your spirit and your soul stays intact and continues on. And, and get this, that, that body, this physical body, natural body we have, like I said, it's going to return to the dust of the ground. That's not the real you. That's why, again, we say these things at funerals and, and you go to a, a funeral home-going service and, and you, they have a casket in front of the, of the, of the altar, in front of the podium, and, and then there's a, there's a body that's there. Understand, that body, the real you is gone. There is no life in that body. 
That body is preparing to return to the dust of the ground. But the real you is moved on. That's why you can see at a, at a funeral, if you said something to that body, that body won't react to you at all. You can cuss the body out. You can, you can go and touch, poke it. You can, you can, do, you can have things that done to that body. The body will not even respond to you. Because the life, the real you, is moved on. The real person that was in the body is moved on. Has transitioned. And we get caught up in a shell. Right? Instead of getting caught up in the real you. Your soul and your spirit. It lives on. Right? And again, the good news is going back. And that's why we have victory through death through Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about death, again, we had uh, defined a couple of terms for death for this teaching. Again, really, really we talk about death. It's an unnatural separation or severance from something to which it belongs. Right? And physical death is separation of the spirit from the body. Again, we just mentioned that, right? The body returns to the dust of the ground, but the spirit separates from that body. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we look at death, we talked about it in a, in a sense of, again, physical death means separation of the spirit from the body. Then we talked about the, the second death. And again, we'll get to it eventually in Revelations. It refers to the eternal punishment. Where man is separated from God eternally. So you see, death is talking about separation. It's a transition. But understand, that's not God's intention. That was never God's intention when he, when he created man and, and, and breathed into his nostrils for him to die. Right? Death passed on to all of us. Now let's, go with the, let's start with this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's get into this teaching again. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting in verse number 12. <clears throat> it says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith also vain? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. Whom he raised not up, if so, be that the dead <coughs> rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith, again, is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now... Is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep? For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end. When he, shall when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. When he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he have put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that he shall, that sh that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. 
So again here we see that there is a resurrection of the dead. Death is not the final outcome, is not the final resting place. Death is not the final destination. There is life after this physical death. The grave is not the final holding place. And then we have a testimony of this because God raised up Jesus from the dead. Jesus indeed is Lord and he is Christ. He is Lord. And God raised him up from the dead. And then we see here in verse 20, it says, again, Christ is risen from the dead. He's the first fruits of them that sleep. What do you mean by those that sleep? And we talked about this last time. Sleep is a reference for those believers who have died in Christ. They're asleep. And what does it mean to fall asleep? It's a place of peace, a place of comfort, a place of no more suffering, no more pain, no more anguish, no more turmoil. They're asleep. And again, these, I'm saying this is the good news about those that, that have fallen asleep in the Lord. Where those that have not, we saw, we had a comparison we looked at in Luke with the rich man and Lazarus and how the rich man opened his eyes up in hell after he died. But Lazarus was in comfort. He's fallen asleep in the Lord. See, that's an assurance for me. I thank God for these things. That when, when my time comes, when the day comes when, on, this, on this side, when it's all over, I'm going to sleep in the Lord. It's going to be a time of comfort and peace, not a time of turmoil, not a time of pain, not a, not a time of torment. Because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Right, so again, in verse 21, we read this again in 20 and 21. It says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Get that. In Adam all die. Who's in Adam? We are all in Adam. That's why it's appointed to man to die. And then comes the judgment. Death is heading your way. Death was passed on to all men because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in Christ, all should be made alive. Look at this in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Because in Christ, we shall all be made alive. Again, focus on life. It's amazing. We, we're talking about death and how to deal with death. But in Christ, it's all about being alive. I love that. See, this, I'm telling, this, is, this is the hope. This is what I hold on to on this side. That in Christ will be all should be made alive. Understand that the wages of sin is death. I understand that death was passed on to us because of sin. Because of, again, these are things that were taught already in the, in the origin of death by, by Sister Castillo, by the other minister. And I pre go listen to these things. Understand about death, the origin of it. But here's the victory of this: in Christ, we all should be made alive. In Him. Romans chapter six. Look at this in verse twenty. It says, for when we were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Again, the wages of sin is death. The end of those things pertaining to serving of sin is death. That is the end. Death, when it comes to sin. But now, 
being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness in the end everlasting life. So now when we talk about Christ, when we talk about servants of God, again, those that are in Christ Jesus, we have a different end. There's a different outcome. The outcome now is talking about everlasting life. And then he goes and says, verse 23 was a very popular verse, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you notice here, it's talking about, in verse 22 it talks about everlasting life. And then it talks about verse 23, eternal life. There's a difference. But again, all, all these, when it's talking about life, it's talking about the, the, we're in God. Because God is the source of life. So that means through Jesus Christ, I have everlasting life. What is everlasting life? It's me having the God quality and character for life forever. It, it'll never change. That means I will have quality and character of God for my life forever. That means God's intention for my life will never change. That's everlasting life. And then eternal life means this life will never end. It never ends. It will live on and on and on. Here's the thing. Why is it so important between everlasting life and eternal life? Because you may live forever, but what kind of quality do you have while you're living forever? See, I'm telling you, some of y'all on this side wish you could move on. You don't enjoy the quality of life you have now on this side. Can you imagine living like you're living now forever? I'm talking the quality of life you have. The character life you have. See, there's promises God has given us through, through Jesus Christ that are, that's un, 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 you know, un, uncomprehensible. It really is. Think about how I'll go through the rest of my days every the quality of life, meaning there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more turmoil, Oh, God is so good for everlasting. That character life. Again, while those that have not believed in Jesus Christ, they're going to have everlasting torment forever. That means their state of what they are in will never change. But the state where I am will never change either. And I'm going to stay in that state with God. His quality of life. And all this is because, guess what? I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, Christ Jesus, he is the key to all things pertaining to life. That's why he says in John 11, I am the resurrection and, and what? The life. It's one thing being raised again, to never to die again, but then to have everlasting life and a certain quality of life. Jesus said, in me you're going to have that quality that God has intended for you forever. That's life. Tell you, these are this is such these are the good news to me. These are the things to hold on to. Because we understand on this side, this is only temporary. In other words, we all have an end date. There's gonna come a time in our life on this side where it's gonna your this physical body is gonna stop functioning because of sin. One way or the other. It may be a tragic death. It may be a you just don't wake up. It may be Pete. I'm saying, but one day this physical body is going to end. Then what? Then what happens from this temporal thing is going to go into eternity. And what's going to be your quality and character of life for eternity? All depends on what you decision you make on this side. 
That's why, to me, these messages are so sobering. You better stay focused. Because that's why the adversary is real to get you distracted, get you care about this temporal life, so that for the everlasting eternal life, you'll be in torment. Instead of having the God quality, God character life forever. And that's only found in Christ. So again, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we, on this side, we, that's why we should be servants. It says in verse 22, being made free from sin, we should become servants to God. And then you have fruit unto holiness. You know, I, I, God's like, I'm going to get you in on a secret. You're going you're gonna to be able to practice on this side of holiness. God is so good. You know, get this. We don't have to wait till to get to the other side to get into God's goodness. This goodness God has for us on this side. He says, serve God. Practice the time. Practice the time you in holiness and righteousness towards Him. God is so good. That's what, that's what we read in 1 Corinthians 15, right? If, if, we, didn't, if we didn't think about there's, there's a life to come after this physical death, then we are men most miserable. If there's nothing after this point, what, 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 hey, why are we living the way we live in it? It doesn't even matter. But he's reminding us there is a life to come. There's an everlasting life. There is eternal life coming. And it all depends on what you focused on on this side. Turn to John 11 again. We're going to read about what Jesus said about I'm the resurrection and life. Because, I, again, I, I hope you... You're getting these things. I hope you're understanding how powerful it is. Powerful it is meaning the power is in Christ Jesus. John 11. Look at this in verse 21. 21. It says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Verse 22. But I know that even now, whatsoever... Thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. I, I like this comment that Martha said, right? He said, if you would have been here, it would have been changed. My brother wouldn't have died. And then she says unto Jesus, but I know that whatever you ask of God, Jesus, God will give it to thee. That means God's holding back nothing from you. That means she's putting her hope and her trust in Jesus. Get this, her whole relationship with God is based on Jesus. She knows what God will do if, if he asks. And then Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And then Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What Jesus is promising us is that everlasting and eternal life for those that believe in him. And he's saying, believe thou this. 
I'm telling you, that's why we have to hold on to our belief system. Because I said this to you before. Your belief, that's why your soul and your spirit is intact after this physical body returns to the, to the dust of the ground. Because your belief system carries on. What you believe on this side, you will believe on the other side. It doesn't change. That means you remember the things you've done on this side. Your soul is intact. Your conscience is intact. The things that your memories, your thoughts, your memories, it, it will be intact. That means you will, you will recognize and understand things that happened before your physical death happened. So, what is this? so I believe in Jesus on this side. Lord, like, oh, yes. That's why we'll be comforted. That's why, again, there's no pain, there's no anguish. That's the everlasting eternal life. Because I believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. Meaning all power to grant eternal life lies in him. For everyone that believes. And here he is. That's why I'm telling you, you know, we, we, we talk about being witnessing and, and ministering the gospel people. That's why the gospel message is so powerful. It's only through the gospel message of Jesus Christ that you have eternal life. For those that believe. That's why our message is more powerful than any other message that's out there across this whole world, across this whole day. The message of Jesus Christ is the only message that can grant you eternal life, if you believe. The only one. Because he has all power to restore and maintain eternal life. Jesus has all power to restore and maintain eternal life. For how long? Forever. If you believe. Focus on life. Focus on everlasting life. Focus on eternal life. Think about when you're making decisions now in your life now. Think about eternity. We're so caught up on the temporal things that, you know, temporal means it is subject to change. Meaning it will change. But focus on eternity. And then you'll, then you'll be able to see, you know, I need, I need help. I, I, I'm in trouble. When I think about eternity, I'm not right before God. And the only way I'm going to be right before God is I have to receive Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. He's the resurrection and the life. Get that? He's not only the resurrection, he's also the life. That's what I believe in. Now, we talked about the resurrection. There's, he said there's, the resurrection means, again, to be raised again, to never die again. And we said there are two resurrections. There's a resurrection of the just. And this is the resurrection unto eternal life for those that who are a believer in Jesus Christ, like we just said. That's the resurrection of the just. This is the resurrection of the unjust. This is the resurrection unto eternal damnation. This is for the unbeliever or the unsaved and the eternal punishment for those who do not believe in Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Now, turn with me. To, we're still in John. Go to John chapter five. Let's bear this out. John chapter five, starting at verse number twenty four. John chapter five, verse twenty four. We're talking about the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. And then you need to understand which one are you in. 
based on what you believe. Verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. There we go again. Again, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Who sent the Lord Jesus? God. See, the, he, oh man, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just hard to just get... How can you say you believe in God, but you don't believe in Jesus? See, people love to separate that. Oh, I believe there's a, I believe there's a God, there's some supreme being, but you don't believe in Jesus. Well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe God sent him. I believe he's just, a, you know, a good person. You know, some a moral person. He may have been a prophet, but he is God. And he's the one that God has approved of. To forgive you of your sins. He's the one that's taking the penalty for you. Penalty of what? For your sin. For your disobedience. He's taking it for you. And God, in His great mercy, through Him, will grant you forgiveness. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Get this, God will grant you forgiveness for what you've done through the blood of an innocent man called Jesus. But you have to believe that. To receive it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That means I believe in him. That's the promise I have. I'm going to pass from death to life. What do you mean from death to life? He's calling my life everlasting, eternal life. What he just mentioned before. You're going to pass from that. Jump down to verse 27. And have given him authority, who is to him, Jesus Christ, to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. The hour is coming. Get this, the hour is coming. In which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. There's a resurrection of the just. There's a resurrection of the unjust. And get this. You know what saying? In Christ all shall be made alive. That means there's a time coming where it says all shall hear his voice. All shall hear his voice. And they shall come forth and then now here comes the judgment. They that have done good. The resurrection of life. They that have done evil. The resurrection of, of, of eternal damnation. Now which one are you going to be? Because this day, this hour is coming. Now here's a, here's a choice, right? How do you know what's good and what's evil? Now, if you're basing good and evil based on your morals that we've learned, that's based on the standard of the world, uh, of man, not the standard of God, then you are in trouble. You're going to be heading to, if you are, you are basing what you've done, whether you're good or not, or evil or not, based on your morals, you are heading towards eternal damnation. You're going to be raised to never die again for eternity in damnation. Hear that. Catch that. 
You're going to be raised from your physical death. With your physical death becoming the, the body that returns to the dust of the ground. Your spirit and your soul goes on. There's going to be a time that you're going to be raised to never die again for eternal damnation. For eternal torment. Be cast into the eternal fire. All because you did not believe who God has sent in Jesus. That's eternal damnation. That's the evil. See, Jesus paid the price for sin, but you've got to believe it. But again, those that have done good, the resurrection of the just unto eternal life, everlasting life. That means, again, Jesus is given authority and power to execute judgment. Who is giving Jesus this power? Who is giving Jesus this authority? God did. God has given him alone this authority and power to execute judgment of what is good and what is evil. It's in Jesus. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that's what I mean. For me, these things I hold dear to. These, this doctrine I hold very close to my heart. You're not going to talk me out of looking for another one. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Like you said, I'm, like you said, stay with the one that brought you. You're going to dance with the one that brought you. Hey, I'm going to dance with the one that brought me. I'm not going to move away from him. I can't. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what happens in this world. I don't care who's in office, who's not in office. I don't care about political affiliations. I, I can care less. I'm staying with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because He's the only one that has redeemed me. He's the only one that God has approved of for the forgiveness of my sins. If I believe on anything else, I will be heading towards eternal damnation. Look at this in Acts chapter 17. That's why these messages, I'm telling you, you better grab hold of these things. Because you don't want that hour to come and then you'll be saying like, uh, Jesus who? Well, I heard of him. Yeah, I remember them church folks said some things to me about Jesus. Believe on him for the, you know, for the forgiveness of your sins. It was a nice little message, but I was all right. I'm good. And then you'll hear the Almighty God say, oh, there's none good. No, not one. You have committed sin. Who have I sinned against? You have sinned against God Almighty. See, why is this message so sobering for me? Because there is a day of reckoning coming for all of us. Every single... What do you mean by day of reckoning? You have to give an account. You know why I give an account? you got to go and witness and testify of every deed you've done in this body. What body? That physical body. The one that's going to turn to the dust of the ground. you got to give an account for every deed you've done. What is a deed? Every work. Every thought. Every ambition. Every motivation. you got to give an account to everything you've done in this body. Everything. And that account is going to God. That means you have to stand before the, the living God, the righteous judge, and give an account. Now, I don't care what kind of lawyer you think you are, but, but how can you stand before God who knows it all? When you stand before God, understand this. It's not like you stand before God and can hide something. He knows it all. He already knows what you've done. Guess this. God already knows why you did what you did. God knows that. God knows your motives and your intentions. So you can sit there and play righteous all you want to. God, like, you, wouldn't, you didn't do that for the righteous cause. You did it for your own self-glory. And God's going to judge it all. 
why you did what you did. Again, that's called the, the white throne judgment for those that are the unbeliever. But guess what? You Christians out there, so-called Christians, you believers out there that have believed in Jesus Christ, there's a judgment for us too. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be judged for the deeds we've done since we've been born again. Again, this judgment is not a talking about a judgment of heaven or hell. It's not a judgment of heaven to eternal damnation. But there's crowns, rewards that are given out. For your faithfulness in the Lord. That means you, since you've been saved, God's going to ask you about things. I love this. Get this. God's going to ask us as being church living water about things that we're supposed to have been taking care of. Corporately. God's going to ask us about it. We're to give account to God about our servitude here. In the kingdom. Get this. God is going to ask you about it. We've got to give an account. See, why you caught up in your little feelings, you caught up in your offenses, you got to stand before God. And I'm going to tell you, when you stand before God, I'm going to tell you, your little offenses are not, not going to hold water before God. You know, you love to say, well, that church, they did me wrong. How did the church do you, do you wrong? The church do you wrong. Because I'm going to tell you, when you got to the church, you was already wrong. But now you've got some messages, you've got some, some scriptures in your heart, all of a sudden now the church is to blame for your wrong. But I'm going to tell you, when you stand before God and he knows it all, he's like, no, it wasn't a church that did you wrong. You was wrong already. You never dealt with the issues you should have dealt with in your heart. So as believers, we've got to give an account. The judgment seat of Christ. Being part of the body of Christ, we've got to give an account. God has specific work for us to do as being part of the body of Christ. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to, he's going to ask us about that work. See, again, we love to say, or we want to hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Servant to who? I mean, it's easy to stay during a funeral service for those that have, that, that have fell asleep in the Lord. It's easy to go back. It's easy to say those statements then. But would God say that to them? Would the Lord say, you've done good, my well and faithful servant? Or he said, since you've been saved, you've been something else. You've been kicking against the pricks. It's hard for you. We, can't even get, we couldn't get you to witness to someone about my goodness. You blame this. You blame that. Before you, and you, instead of you going out there and be a servant to God. In other words, where, we saw in Romans 6. Where is your fruit of, of holiness? Can you stand before God and say, okay, and stand before Jesus and the Lord and say, here's my fruit of holiness. Here's my work of holiness, Lord. Or Lord said, no, that's evil. That's tainted. That's corrupt. I'm telling you, hey, you, this is a sober message not only for the unbeliever, but for the believer as well. And yeah, you're going to make it in. <clears throat> Praise God for that. Again, we don't want to be an eternal flame. <clears throat> but I want to just barely make it in. You know, like he just pushed you over the finish line. Again, that's that's... You got in. Praise God. You got in. But we have to really examine how we live here. Now, as being born again believers. That's why I tell you, take heed. Man, take heed to the counsel you're getting in the ministry of church living water. Take heed to the counsel. Stop looking at the vessel and start hearing from God. 
Because things we've been taught here, you better start applying it because these things will change your life, the course of your life that God has already framed for you to be, be done before the foundation of the world. If you hear it and apply it, it will change the course of your life that God has already framed for you to do. But instead, we're caught up in some vessel. Caught up in whether somebody has a, a wound or not a wound where we're going to hear from them. That's so silly and si- silliness. You better hear from God. Who said I can't hear from God if they have a wound? That is crazy in my mind. You, you will miss out on the, the, the plan and purpose of God because you're caught up with that foolishness. I'm t- hey, you better hear this counsel. Before you stand before the living God, and you're like, and you have to give an account for all that we've done in this flesh. Acts chapter 17. <laughs> Acts 17, starting in verse number 29. It says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver, or stone, graven by art, or, uh, or and a man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance Unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. This man that he is talking about, who will, he's going to judge the world in righteousness, who God has ordained, this man is Jesus alone. Again, we saw that in, 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 in uh, John chapter 5. He's given power and authority by God to execute judgment. He's the one that's going to judge the world of righteousness based on him. And the assurance that Jesus is the one because God has raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. That's the assurance I have in him. That he is the one that God has approved of. No other man has God approved of but him. That's why I got to be found in him. Verse 32, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Don't be those that mocked. And others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. You better be the, those that hear. Don't mock these teachings about the resurrection of the dead because this time, the hour is coming. And you're going to be judged by the Lord Jesus. He has been given all power to execute judgment. And then the decisions that you've made on this side, you'll be locked into for eternity. For eternity. And whatever quality of life that is for eternity, all depends on what decision you made here. That quality of life you're going to have for eternity, if it's going to be the eternal flame, that's your choice you made. Do not blame God for the choices that you made on this side. You had the opportunity. Again, put before you life and death. And God said, I place before you life and death. Choose life so that you can live, so that you can have everlasting life, so you can have eternal life. Choose life. But if you don't, then you're going to reap the consequences of that decision for eternity. Go back to 1 Corinthians 
15. It's all about the Lord. In Christ, we're all made alive. I mean, it's all about Him. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 23, it says, But every man in his own order, Christ, the firstfruits, afterwards, they that are Christ at His coming, then cometh the end when we shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when He shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. He must reign till he had put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy is death. And our Savior Jesus Christ has abolished death and has brought to us immortality. Jesus, our Savior, has abolished death and brought to us immortality. Look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1. Starting in verse number 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. It's hard just to read through these things without. I mean, there's so much. To, look what God is saying, right? God who has called you, God who has saved you. How has God saved you? According not to your works, but in His purpose and grace, in this found in Christ Jesus. That means the purpose and grace, the ability to do what what you cannot do on your own behalf, your own power, is found in Christ Jesus. I mean, think about God. It's all about Christ. We think it's all about us. It's about Him. What is our responsibility? To stay in Him. To stay in Christ. That's what God's purpose is. That's what His grace is for you to be able to do what God has purposed for you to do. How can you say, I'm doing what God wants me to do, you're not in Christ? You can't. You haven't been graced to do it. The grace and the purpose of God is found in Christ. Again, that's why you have to stay with the gospel. The gospel is the power of God to all those that believe. The gospel of who? Of Jesus Christ. All right, who have, again, verse 9, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own power and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death. And have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Again, our victory over death is in our Savior, Jesus Christ. He has abolished death and brought life. Again, that eternal, that everlasting life. And has, and has given us immortality. And that's the thing. So what does immortality look like? Immortality. Immortality looks like incorruption. 
Things that are not corruptible. Immortality looks like things that don't fade away. Get this. On the other side, the, the time won't fade away. It won't cause things to fade away. Like over time, things get start getting old. There's no concept of old. Time still goes on. But understand, you, you'll be in a different dispensation. Dispensation meaning you won't be getting old like we think about now. In other words, things start corrupting over, over time. There's no corruption. That's immortality. There's no aging process like we think of it today. Again, this physical body has been turned to the dust of the ground because of sin. Oh, I'm saying this is this is such good news. I mean, we get so caught up. We because again, I understand this is all we know is this side. All we know is this physical body we have now. But this coming day, we're gonna get a glorified body. Hallelujah. That's not going to be subject to the things that this physical body is subject to. That's the immortality. They will, again, won't die again, but won't age, won't get sick. You know, your bones will be popping as you get over 50 or some of y'all over whatever age. You know, all those things. Get tired, worn out, backs hurting, knees hurting. You'll be able to stand up straight, have all the good posture all the time. Imagine that kind of body. That's immortality. And it's all found in Christ Jesus. Because of what I believe on this side. See, this is the good news. The good news is in Jesus and what he has done. Not only to forgive us of our sins, but to give us eternal, everlasting life. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.